0: are listening to Navigating Life, the podcast where we talk about life, with your host, Cliff Aguirre. Today on Navigating Life, I'll be talking to Rob Carney of Whole Health Connections. Rob Carney Is a holistic lifestyle coach in the greater Boston area. His work focuses on connecting people with the best practitioners and also organic products for holistic health. He'll be discussing three principles that he lives by and the six foundation principles of his coaching. He'll also be talking about his own journey from his home in Massachusetts to Thailand to Los Angeles. And what brought him to this point in his holistic understanding? So let me share with you our discussion. It's good to talk to you today. You're a holistic lifestyle coach, and I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about what that is.
1: Yeah, so thank you, Cliff, and everyone listening. Thank you for listening. I'm Rob Carney of Whole Health Connections, as Cliff uh, Mentioned before, so basically, what I do is my clients are usually committed to finding the best products or practitioners uh, for their specific needs and goals. Because everyone has very unique goals and needs for our various lifestyles and challenges that we go through. Um, so, typically, clients who choose to work with me, um, they're kind of either concerned about their low energy levels, which impacts their work, family time, um, pretty much just daily life, um, or they're unsure why they're chronically stressed. Inflamed, irritable, um, having trouble just kind of getting through the day. Um, then there's those who are just overall upset with their health um, or general life direction. They're feeling lost, they don't have a, a real purpose, um, and then they just want to make a change toward better living. And um, then we obviously have the people who are healthy but just want to kind of take that next step. So, in terms of what I do with the coaching, it's mostly based on um, six foundation principles. So we look at the yin and the yang. So with that, it's the yang being the moving, breathing, and thinking. and then with the yin, it's the nutrition, hydration, and sleep. So it's really kind of using those six core foundation principles as the basis for using the coaching and then the one purpose that we're working it all towards. So it's kind of the combination of the purpose, and then the six foundation principles is the the core of my coaching. You just
0: published a book recently, too, or a booklet on Amazon called "Stress Control: uh, Thirty-Seven Strategies to Lower Your Stress." And I was actually um, have it in front of me, actually, and I was reading it. So really good advice. I wonder if you want to go over that.
1: Thanks, Cliff. Yeah. So basically, how that kind of came into fruition was I was teaching meditation classes and intro to mindfulness and kind of that realm, and I was getting asked a lot of questions of strategies like, what do you do? What do you do? So I kind of just went down the list and came up with 37 things that I do on a regular basis that have helped me over the years manage my stress and just really feel grounded and balanced where coming from a place of being stressed out and being an insomniac for quite some years to kind of, these are the core principles, the 37 principles that I kind of narrowed it down to that I use and a lot of them are very basic, and a lot of people kind of brush over them. Like, yeah, I know that. But the question is, do you do it? So that's kind of the main piece is yes, it might be simple, but if you don't do it, you're not reaping the benefits. So it's a lot of them are going to be different for those reading it, and a lot of them are going to be known. But it's that my goal there is if you take one thing away that you start doing and it changes your life, to me, that's that's the objective is to just have the reader take one. One strategy, a way that they're, that they're going to use on a regular basis is going to help them navigate through life in a more stress-free way.
0: And I found out that even though some of these are very obvious, it's a good reminder because I was looking at this going, oh, yeah, right, I should be doing that. I was doing that, and I forgot, that <laughs> I'm not doing that anymore. So it really uh, helped as a reminder, and I actually uh, keep it next to me just to... Uh, to remind me of what I should do.
1: Yeah. So that's, that's, as you said, that's the objective objective is that's just to be a quick reference guide. So once you've read it, it's kind of, you can kind of skim through and be like, Oh yeah, I need to do that. Oh, that would be good for today. Oh, last time I got angry, I should have done that before. So it's kind of a, as you said, it's nice to have as a little handy, um, handy little booklet or on Amazon it's available digital. So you can have it on your phone on your Kindle or whatever. So it's, yeah, so it's yeah, just a little quick reference guide that I found to be helpful.
0: Well, when we get so wrapped up in our daily lives, sometimes we forget to do some of these things, like taking a deep breath. I mean, everybody needs to be breathing deeper, taking that deep breath. And a lot of people just don't do it. And then when you remind them to do it, they go, oh, yes, I remember. It's a good booklet.
1: Yeah, and with a deep breath on that one, too, one thing that I always like to remind people, on I'm um leading the classes or healing ceremonies of sorts is we can go weeks without food, we can go days without water, but we can only go a few minutes without breathing. So breathing is pretty important for our survival. So if we're not taking our deep breaths, trying kind to of breathe in through the nose, I know it's tough now, a lot of people have allergies and colds going on, but if you can breathe into the nose, fill up the belly, two thirds belly, one third chest, and then just kinda of hold that for a moment then just let it go. And kinda of focusing on the breath can Completely change our lives. I mean, we breathe shallowly through our mouths into our chest, and that's a stress response. So, just by changing the way we breathe, that itself can be the biggest takeaway I think a lot of people have from the booklet.
0: I was wondering if you could discuss with us uh, your journey and how you got to where you are.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, that's been something that has really been um, an unfolding journey. Started when I was 17. So, I'm going to be 26 now in September. So, when I was 17, I had a concussion. Um, summer going to my senior year of high school, which I was a three sport athlete at the time. And it really kind of set me back where I couldn't do much physical activity for it was about five months in terms of really where I got back to where I was at my, where I was before. So someone suggested, have you ever done yoga? And at that time I was like, uh, no, you know, kind of making excuses. And then I tried it and that was just incredibly eye-opening. I mean, it was a way to move that wasn't, impact my body, like the lacrosse, the football, the swimming, and all the things that basketball, things I like to do that were very Yang activities, um, where the, the yoga gave a, a form of movement and breathing and connection, which was just so, so much of a missing piece in my puzzle. Um, that kind of led me to meditation, where I was the first, first guy to ever join the University of New Hampshire, that's where I am for my first two years, the yoga club. And so we actually had a lady from India come um, to lead the meditation. And so I kind of got introduced to meditation from there, um, which led to studying psychology, studying nutrition, interning with some nutritionists, working with nutritionists, learning about massage, acupuncture, Reiki, all the alternative forms of healing. And that kind of just progressed to a study and an incredible curiosity of this Eastern medicine, Eastern philosophy, and just learning how we can better ourselves and heal ourselves in an unconventional way, because the conventional way wasn't working for me. And I had some memory issues and some eyesight issues after the concussion. So then I kind of always knew I wanted to help people, where I was uh, in the Air Force ROTC my first semester at college, decided that wasn't for me, became an on-call firefighter for a just under three years and again, knew I wanted to help people, but didn't know how. And then when I kind of found this, this nutrition side, the holistic living, I kind of found like, this is where I need to go. And this is, this is my calling. And then eventually I kind of transitioned into sustainable food and farming, which is what I ended up graduating with in my major, um, with a real focus on the holistic health. And at that point, I just kind of worked with everyone I could in the industry, acupuncture, massage, nutrition. And then when I graduated back in 2016, I started traveling. I went to to Mexico, California, and then went to Asia for about four months where I lived in Sri Lanka for two months with my good friend and lived with his family. They were the Buddhist population, and um, that was just completely life-changing. I mean, they have, compared to us, they have nothing. They don't have TVs. They don't have internet. They don't have cell phones. They're Most of them aren't wearing shoes. We're eating with our hands. And it was very, for lack of a better word, primal. And it was very, they're all very appreciative for what they have because they didn't know anything else. So they all loved their lives and they're all very happy because this is all they knew. They didn't have Instagram where they're looking at what all these other people have and they don't have. They're just very present. They're very happy. They're very loving people. And it really just kind of showed me another culture and another side of the world where i was a minority i was the only white person and i'm a foot taller than most people there so i stood up like a sore thumb and people would gawk at me in the streets people would stare and point and ask my friend like what is he why is he here and because i was in a non touristy part i was working on my friend's farm in the middle of sri lanka so as my friend said most of them had never seen an american before never seen a white person before so it was a very humbling experience for me to go through that and then They were just all very, once they talked to me, they were all very kind, open, loving people, and we kind of taught each other some things. And um, then I moved on to Thailand, um, where I did some um, silent meditation retreats, and did some yoga classes up there, and did some ecstatic dance, and kind of just, again, pushing my comfort zone and envelope, and then coming back, and I moved out to Los Angeles for About nine, nine and a half months, and was in the medical device industry learning about kind of the preventative side of the medical industry that we live in. So, kind of getting both ends of the spectrum there. And then coming back here and starting Whole Health Connections, which has kind of been my life's work, and really bringing it all together. And now finding the best products, finding the best practitioners, learning to coach myself and just share my message, my journey, and just helping people in the best way I can and whether that's through my coaching, through other practitioners or through supplements or other products, I want to be able to help people because I feel like this has been my life's work and this is what I love doing and I know that it's helped me and so many of my friends and clients and I just want to share that message.
0: You were talking about that you um, have three principles that you live by. What are they?
1: Yeah, so those three, since I started this, um, the Whole Health Connections back in September of 2018. So this has been just the reminders that anytime things get tough or anytime things tend to kind of feel like they're not going my way or challenges arise that I'm getting maybe a little upset about, maybe that's not the best word, but just kind of impatient. So the three, three terms I've been living by are patience persistence, and consistency. And I I remind myself, if I am those three things every single day towards my goal, things will work out. If I'm patient, because I know it's not going to happen overnight, it's a long-term approach, I need to be persistent. And when these challenges arise, I need to just see them as challenges, see them as learning opportunities. And just do what I can. If I can conquer them, great. If I can't, I learn from it. And then the consistency is just doing something every single day that gets me closer toward my goal. And that might just be sitting back, going out in nature for a few hours to recover, and then doing some reading. And there might not be actively working, but it's working on myself and recovering myself. So then the next day, I can work work fifteen hours on writing, writing, and on reading and promoting stuff and making social media posts and. Yeah, so it's just the patience, persistence, and consistency is the three principles I've been living by and reminding myself of.
0: And I think those three principles are probably uh, very good for all of us to use because I try to do the same thing. Maybe we can discuss the six foundation principles of your coaching.
1: Yeah. So with the six foundation principles, um, as I mentioned before, they're kind of broken down into the yin and the yang. So the yang being the moving, the breathing, and the thinking. So basically, I mean, what it breaks down to is without movement, there is no life. I mean, our cells are always moving. Our brain is always firing. That's It's all movement. The sun and the earth, the earth is moving around the sun. If we stop moving, things aren't going to go so well. So life is a form of movement. So The way I see it is the more movement we can incorporate, the more life force we are generating, the more life we have, the more energy we have. And that movement doesn't always mean exercise. And I think that's kind of one of the biggest misconceptions that we live in now is that you need to exercise more, you need to do more, you need to be more. And it's always more, more, more. But that movement is also doing your restorative yoga. It's doing Meditation, maybe it's a walking meditation, and just kind of going into nature and just kind of moving in ways that are you're not just sedentary sitting in a chair all day, but you're moving around and getting your body up and up and active and generating life force through Tai Chi or whatever it may be. Um, And then that moves into breathing because a lot of times when you're moving, you're breathing more because you're focusing on your breath as you're exercising or you're doing yoga, you're doing Tai Chi, you're focusing on the breath. And as we mentioned earlier, breath is life itself. So moving and breathing, that's kind of the essentials of life is that if you're not moving, you're not breathing, you're probably not living, <laughs> which leads into then thinking. So the third Yang principle, which is our thoughts. And I think that's another very forgotten about aspect of society is what we think really shapes our reality. And I think that's something you probably see quite a lot in uh, hypnotherapy, hypnosis sessions is that people's thoughts really determine what what they say on the outside. So what they think on the inside is going to reflect on the outside. And again, it might not be instantaneous, but over the years, as we condition ourselves to think in a way, or we've been conditioned and we don't break free of that conditioning and those thought patterns, we're gonna cause ourselves some issues if they're not beneficial towards us. So my suggestion is always when people are constantly watching the news, the worst case scenarios on the news, they're kind of looking at the negatives, their brains then start to go in this negative thought pattern where they're looking for the negatives. They're not looking for the positives because that's what kind of gives them that that little high, that little jolt of excitement and the the oh my God moment. So trying to focus on Changing our mindsets and really exposing ourselves to more positive influences, positive thought patterns, maybe it's through journaling, through reading, through just being around other like-minded people that want to improve and want to think and look at the positives and change ourselves, change the planet in a positive way. And just really reshaping our brains is really what that comes down to.
0: I tell people also to think about their actions and what they say to other people too because you influence how the other people start seeing the world based upon your actions and then it multiplies from there and somebody else's actions may be negative and your actions may be negative and suddenly they see the world as a negative place to be. So changing it to a very positive helps out. You can change the world that way.
1: Yeah. And I, I think something too that I really like the idea of is that we are, as a planet, we are one organism. So anything that anyone does affects everyone else in very indirectly, but also directly. So as you just mentioned, if I say something nice to you, a compliment to you, all of a sudden your mood changes. you feel happier. Now you are probably more likely to go and do something nice for someone else. So it is, it's a ripple effect. So I think we tend to think that we are too small to make a difference in that regard. And But really, I mean, if we go down and we chop down one tree, now that one, maybe that was a home to ten thousand ants and a bird and all these things and we don't think of the how our small action impacts everything. So really with the thinking part is just think about the fact that every action you do affects every other creature on this planet and kind of go from there. And it seems like a big responsibility because it is, because we have this beautiful planet that we're slowly destroying as humans because we're not being mindful. Of our actions. So really using the positivity and just thinking, how is this action affecting me? How is it affecting the people around me? And how is it affecting the rest of the planet? And that's kind of how I try to think of when I'm buying the organic food. And that's something that's not, it's not as cheap. I mean, it's gotten better as it's becoming more popular, but it's one of those things that when I'm in the grocery store and I see the price difference, I think this is going to benefit me. It's going to benefit the planet it's going to benefit the workers who aren't being exposed to these toxic chemicals and it's benefiting the organisms who aren't being killed by toxic chemicals. So it's just kind of thinking things through and realizing that every single action we take affects everything else. And that kind of leads into the nutrition <laughs> with the organic food and just making sure that we're putting proper fuel into our bodies. Because if we're not fueling our bodies, our thoughts aren't going to be, aren't going to be the best because we can't, Process our food effectively. We're not going to be having positive input, which is not going to result in positive output. So, by putting the proper food, the proper nutrition, and every single body is so different. And I think there are so many trendy diets out there right now. With the, I mean, we have the keto, we have vegetarian, we have vegan, vegan, pescatarian, carnivore. There's so many different variations that I think people kind of. See this, they see someone getting results and they hop on the train. And my advice for that is always I mean, one, I have a lot of questionnaires I use with clients in terms of finding what the best way for them to eat is because a lot of it does come down to I do best when I eat a high fat and high protein diet and low carbs. But there are usually once every seven to 10 days, I just need a day of a lot of carbs. But some people are more carbs and kind of depends on a lot of times where you come from in the world. Like when I was in Sri Lanka, it's people there eat a lot more carbs because there there's fresh food available all year. We're here. We have a winter, so it's hard to get fresh food and fresh veggies and all that year round. So a lot of times it comes down to ancestral DNA, um, and uh, just lifestyle choices and all that type of stuff as well. But we're all so different. So trying to say that one, one diet works for everyone, I think is, uh, just crazy. And then moving that into hydration and, remembering that the quality of our water matters, the amount of water we drink matters. And it's it's tough when a lot of our waterways are getting polluted, that it's becoming more important to use filtration systems, to use quality water, not to be drinking out of plastic bottles and sitting out in the sun, getting chemicals leaked into them and, and just making sure that we're fueling our bodies so that we can feel our thoughts, feel our breath, feel our movement. And, that, and then... To wrap it all up here, we need to finish that that cycle out with sleep. And again, in a go, go, go world where trained sleep is for the week, I'll sleep and I'm dead, I don't have time for sleep. But really what all that means is just we're not prioritizing sleep and we're not we're not seeing the value of sleep and not seeing how the yin and the yang work together where your yang, your doing, your action can be so much more effective if you got some darn sleep if you can actually recover and your brain can be healthy and your body can be healthy and you're sharp and you're quick because you're well rested. And for me, it's sleep is my day kind of works around sleep. That's kind of, I plan to go to bed at like 1030 and then I like to get up at like seven. I kind of do best on eight, eight and a half hours. So that's my, my target. And for me, it's kind of a, yeah, sometimes I'll stretch it to 11, but it's, it's kind of a hard, hard stop for me that I know I do best when I'm sleeping. And most people, I think it's the same for most people. We just don't prioritize it.
0: And some people think that they're more productive by having less sleep and working longer, yeah. <laughs> but they're not actually that clear in their productivity because their brain is so scattered by the lack of sleep. So sleep is very important. Definitely.
1: I, I was just going to ask you, I remember you said something too about, um, Hypnosis and how that puts you in a deep sleep. I feel with the numbers that said it's equal to a certain amount of hours of sleep, one hour yeah.
0: hypnosis. Hi- hypnosis, yeah. One hour of hypnosis is equal to five hours of deep sleep. And I have That's a lot crazy. of clients that come out of hypnosis and saying, This is the best sleep I've had in a long time. And they don't want to get out of my <laughs> chair. And I'm not telling them to leave either very quickly because they just <laughs> want to just sit there and just enjoy it.
1: The last time we were together and we did that, um, that session, It's just for me, it was just such a deep meditation, and it was so restorative, and I think that's such a missing link is just that restorative part of our of our daily lives.
0: I could simply uh, just run out of my chair and you know do a little quick uh, relaxation hypnosis, <laughs> and people would probably be happy with that. Maybe I should open a sleep clinic instead.
1: There we go. That's, that's the next step here.: That's an idea. How can people find you? Yeah, so the best place to find me at this point is on Instagram. Um, that's kind of the most active platform these are right now. So it's just at Whole Health Connections, um, all one word, no spaces. So Whole Health being W-H-O-L-E, Health Connections. Um, so basically what I'm doing there is sharing my story, um, sharing the various supplements that I um, Have been taking for some time and have found a lot of success with the people through medicinal mushrooms like cordyceps, which is great for energy, fertility, reishi for recovery, immune system, circulatory health. um, Lines made for clarity helps with neural pathways in the brain as we have discussed the importance of our brain health and movement and all that. Um, Then some other products like Biomedic, which helps remove glyphosate from the gut, um, which is one of the leading herbicides from. Roundup, Um, and this product has been shown to eliminate 74% of glyphosate in the body, which is in a 2015 study shown to be active in 93% of people. Um, Then we have some cleanses, um, pre and post-workout supplements there, and then some CBD oil, which is good for inflammation, pain, anxiety, all those things that hypnotherapy is also good for and meditation is great for. So. Yeah. Instagram is the best place. I'm also on Facebook. Um, you can reach me at my website as well, wholehealthconnects.com with my email, wholehealthconnections at gmail.com. Um, but yeah, definitely. That's, Instagram is the most popular one I'm using right now. But yeah, I'd say the closing message you give to people is be patient, be persistent, be consistent with your goals and Keep working with people like Cliff because he's got, he's got a lot of experience and he knows how powerful the meditation, the reflection, the hypnosis is. And we all need a little bit more of that yin in our lives.
0: Well, thanks for being the guest today. And it was very interesting.
1: Well, thank you for having me, Cliff. And uh, thank you, everyone, for listening.
0: That was my guest, Rob Carney from Whole Health Connections. Follow the Navigating Life podcast to hear future shows. And you can always find me. At cliffaguirre. dot com. That's c l i f f a g u i r r e. dot com. So thank you for listening.